pew, 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 non-emergency podcast. Sorry, <laughs> I don't. Hi, guys. Kirk Henderson and Josh Bowe. Welcome to Mavs Moneyball After Dark. Uh, it is Wednesday night, about 8.30. Josh and I are getting together uh, after getting our kids to sleep, and we wanted to talk about the closest thing to a uh, that requires a, a immediate pod that you can have in the NBA these days, a sort of surprise signing. Um, it's not been made official by American media yet, but two huge European outlets have said that Faku Campazzo is signing with the Dallas Mavericks and Mark Stein, uh, you know, you all know Mark Stein, independent writer, uh, formerly at the ESPN, New York times, everybody that matters said last night (laughs) that, then I'll just read you the tweet. The Mavericks are in advanced talks with former Denver point guard, uh, Facundo Campazzo on a one-year deal, league sources say. Dallas still has a 15th roster spot uncommitted. Campazzo appears increasingly poised to seize it, barring unforeseen Mavs moves before opening night rosters lock. So I read that tweet, and Josh and I debated, frankly, getting online and talking about this last night, that this is a foregone conclusion where they're hammering out the details. Then today when these two European outlets um, – confirmed it it just it it felt like we should just go ahead and talk about this while we have the energy right yeah it makes sense now i was just a little worried that we would record something that wouldn't matter but it's pretty clear and it still might not matter you know (laughs) like like maybe it'll blow up maybe the grassroots effort led by me and me alone that this is a (laughs) stupid move will result in them not signing him but hey a boy can dream (laughs) yeah i feel like we're going to talk about it and I feel like that there's two discussion points here. And one is, you know, we I don't know whichever one you want to start off with first, but one is at the end of the day, this likely won't impact anything in the grand scheme of how this basketball team performs this season. Uh, and that at the end of the day, you know, it, it shouldn't be something that should rankle our feathers too much, um, you know, yada, yada. And then the second point is being, you know, all that being said, once again, the Mavericks process and decision making that led to this moment, as small as it is, is following a trend line that goes back for years now and is worrying and, and it's frustrating, right? Yeah. So, well, let, let's talk about the pra- let, let's talk about the practical element okay. of this first. Um, Compazzo is a 31 year old Argentinian point guard who has spent the past two years with the Denver Nuggets. He is five foot ten. He uh, is was a really spectacular overseas player, both with Real Madrid and in Argentina's basketball league. However, like I mentioned, he is very undersized. Uh, he played more minutes than I think he was necess- than the Nuggets intended him to over the past two seasons because they needed him because the Nuggets were an injury riddled team. The Nuggets also elected to not bring him back um he is a mediocre at best three-point shooter uh he is a poor shooter overall hitting only 37 percent of his shots from the floor in the nba um runs an excellent pick and roll is a very good passer is a incredibly hard player and is undeniably one of the five dirtiest players in the nba (laughs) Um, that's going to piss some people off, but it's just like, why beat, like, why bat around it? Like it's a, it's a, it's a fact. 
Um, yeah. And part of that is because he has to le- leverage every ounce of his body to, to stay in the league. He's incredibly hard playing. I think that there will be a certain sect of Mavs fans and not the Argentinian hive that comes with him. Uh, but Mavs fans that will absolutely adore Composito's minutes. And then there's going to be another sect that can't believe we ever, ever did this. So, so what did I miss? No, that's about right. I looked up some stats while you were saying it because, you know, we've got the baseline stats, which are whatever. Yep. About five points, three and a half assists. Um, not only, you know, you talk about his overall field goal percentage, 37%. I mean, he's a career 46% on twos and doesn't matter who you are in the NBA. If you're, if you're, if you're not able to get to 50% on twos, you know, unless you're like only taking Kevin Durant type mid range jumpers or something like that's not, not ideal. Uh, he was 47% from twos last year, uh, 44% his first year in Denver. Um, and then another thing was last year, like you said, he played way too much. Like, I don't think they signed him intending him to play as much as he did. I mean, his first season in Denver, he played 65 games and averaged almost 20, 22 minutes a game. And then last season he played another 65 games, another almost 20 minutes. I want to bet that when Denver signed him, they probably were anticipating him to be like an emergency, like emergency backup guard. Uh, and then, you know, all their guards got hurt. PJ Dozier, uh, towards ACL, you know, Jamal Murray hurt his knee as well. I mean, the Denver was just ravaged with injuries and he ended up playing, uh, almost 1200 minutes last year. And I got this up right now of any Denver nugget player to at least play a thousand minutes last year. He had by far the worst, uh, net rating, um, of any Denver nuggets player. He was, when he was on the floor, the nuggets net rating was minus 8.6 last season. Uh, no other Nugget player that played as many minutes as he did uh, or in that range comes anywhere close. Um, and it just kind of goes to show, you know, that Denver team struggled. They just, the injuries were a lot. And he was forced into a role he probably shouldn't play. But at the end of the day, you know, you last season you kind of saw what kind of impact he can have on the floor if he's forced into a, you know, a heavy minute, a bigger minute role. And that's probably like, you know, the cautionary tale here in Dallas, because while we ideally would see him as being, you know, again, that emergency backup guard that isn't playing a lot. I mean, one injury to one of Luca or Spencer Dinwiddie, and I would have to imagine he would get thrust into a, you know, closer to 20 minute, 15 to 20 minute per game role. And as we've seen through two seasons, it's just not, doesn't, doesn't translate into winning basketball. Um, well, it, it's it's interesting, and and I hate to cut you off, but I've already been kind of no, swarmed okay. upon by elements of the Denver of of the Denver fan base, and they felt just as divisive about him. There was you know one fan that told me today, like, well, Coach Mike Malone did not use him, and I'm like, guy, like, I, I, you have the MVP on your roster. I don't give a shit about Compazzo. Like, it's his job to fit and produce in the role that they put him in. You don't build a team around a 5'10 guard. I'm sorry that he stood in the corner some, but you know what? Nikola Jokic is one of the best basketball players in the multiverse. What are we doing? And it's not like if he plays with the Mavericks, he's going to have the ball that much. I also feel the need to address this right now because I'm already seeing comments about it in the Mavs Moneyball. It's like, well, he's an end-of-bench player. No, he was the 15th guy signed. Just because he was the last guy signed does not mean he was the 15th. He, he, he signed to be a 15th man. I feel pretty, you know, after what we've heard today, I'm just going to read you guys a quote. We're recording this at 830. 
at 11 o'clock this morning, Nico Harrison on the ticket. I'm not worried about us having us not having a third ball handler. And he went on to cite the presence of Nilakina and the improvement of Josh Green. I'm sorry. You do not sign Composo if you are confident in Frank Nilakino and Josh Green. You don't do it. And we're going to circle back to that around in, in, a, in, a, in a big picture way in just a few minutes. But I just felt the need to sort of bring that up in the context of the conversation. He is going to play minutes. I would not be shocked if he plays 15 minutes a game. Now, you're going to probably look at me and say, Kirk, it's 15 minutes a game. Can he steward the offense in that time? Maybe. Probably. Okay. It'll probably be fine. And I just find myself irritated for some of the bigger picture reasons. I think in the in, in terms of the game-to-game stuff, we will probably look at Compazzo and be just fine with him. What do you think? Yeah, I'm with you. I think... I learned my lesson um, a couple of years ago. I remember when the Mavericks signed Wes Wundu and there was that whole online debate um, about, you know, the the roster was basically going to come down to, are they going to cut him or are they going to cut JJ Brea? And I got like really like thinking back on it now, I got like really mad online thinking that they would cut a Wundu and keep Brea for, you know, a lot of reasons, you know, Brea's not going to play, he's, you know, he's older veteran and, Yep. Yeah, one who plays a position. Yeah, one who plays a position of a vital need. Like I got really mad online about I did too. that, and I thought, and looking back on it, it's so stupid now because he was just, you know, I'm not saying he, you know, a one do or Composo are, are comparable in terms of like uh, placement in the rotation, but they're still, you know, they're not. They're still both bench guys, and at the end of the day, there's unless it's your six man or something like that, you know, a bench guy can only do so much to, to alter the course of your of your season. You know, Composo might not be the fifteenth guy, but I mean, if he's the tenth guy or, or the ninth guy, I you know, I really don't think that's gonna change too much in terms of like even if he isn't great, I don't see that being a huge wart on the Maverick seasons. Cause you know, Dinwiddie and Doncic are going to split the point guard minutes as much as they can. Like, I think it's pretty clear that's what they're going to do. Kids already said Dinwiddie's going to run the second unit. And even as a starter, he can stay on the floor when Luka goes to the, when Luka uh, goes off the floor first, he can run the bench unit. And then you kind of maybe use Composo to fill in, you know, the gaps when both of those guys aren't on the floor, but that's you know going to be against other bench teams. Like, you know, I just, it's not going to tank the team or, or, you know, maybe, no, they'll be, no, you know, it's, so like you know like I, I'm done losing my mind over these guys at the end of the bench, which aren't really going to matter. And at the end of the day, hey, he played with Luke on Real Madrid. Luca seems to really like having a teammate that he is comfortable with from his time in Europe. You know, Boban was that guy for a while. Now Boban's gone. Like I can see it. Like you know, think about that Owundu Berea decision. Like it was the wrong choice because that was the year everything kind of went to hell in a handbasket with the Rick Carlisle coaching Barea. staff. They needed yeah. Berea. To- that gap because Luka Doncic is a young man who's fiery as hell dealing with Rick Carlisle, who's an old ass hat and there needed to be somebody there to bridge the gap. And there just wasn't. And things eventually fell apart. Yeah. And I was wrong. So like, I, I refuse to get angry at this because knowing that and and knowing how much he's going to play. So, but having said all that, I understand your point. And I do think like, I think this is objectively funny um, that the team spent all summer saying that they were going to be okay with backup guard minutes because, you know, of what they believed in Frank and, and Josh Green. 
And it basically took one week of training camp for them to be like, oh, uh, no, we're not. And, like, I think that's that's kind of funny. It's kind of the time – like, if they signed Composo like, three months ago, I don't think it's as funny – you know, I'm just talking kind of, like, object – like, just funny – because it's it's clear that I don't think Composo was in the plans. Yes. Otherwise, they would have signed him three months ago. It's just obvious they got into training camp and they started having practices and they went, oh, okay, we were we were not right about this, so now we need to fix it. And that's the funny part, and that's the part where I understand big picture wise we can we get mad. And I know that's kind of where you want to jump off to. Well, and you know, the more I think about it, the more I just sort of come back to understanding that in the big picture sense this year was always going to be about the Dallas Mavericks taking their medicine getting out from underneath the the draft pick restriction because they owe the New York Knicks something and they really can't afford to trade anything else we've talked about this a time and a half it's going to be one of the big discussion points for the next year if Dallas continues to sort of stand pat they played the market gambling, hoping that something would come out in the wash from the Brooklyn Nets sort of trade standoff and everything that's going on with the Lakers. Like they just don't have a lot of things that they can do, the, the Dallas Mavericks, I mean. And that was why, you know, the the Drog, the Drogic situation and their decision to basically not really engage with him at all was immediately frustrating. What was also frustrating and remains to be frustrating to me is the sort of local talk around Dallas where it's just like, why are you getting mad about this? Why, why does this matter? And then I look at the depth that the Mavericks have compared to the depth of let's say the Philadelphia 76ers or, you know, the Clippers who are an embarrassment of riches or the Nuggets who again parted with this guy. The Mavericks, you know, Mark Cuban said something to the effect today of like 25 teams got better this offseason, you know, as typical kind of Cuban doing his best to, to bat around things where he didn't want to get fined because he inadvertently like dipped into the women Yana talk. But it, it's the Mavericks are are ahead of schedule because they made the Western Conference finals. Then they took a step back, which happened. The why and how I don't want to rehash, but then they had this last roster spot to which they had sort of said we're going to see what happens and when you say that i'm willing to give you some some benefit of the doubt even with the composo signing i'm willing to give the mavericks front office a little bit of the benefit of the doubt i just this just clearly wasn't in the plan they built a lengthy team of six foot four taller guys everybody has good wingspans they take up a lot of space and they signed a five foot ten guy um yeah, if all the stories are about one of the reasons why, you know, there were some reported rumors and murmurs from, from guys close to the Dallas beat. Yeah, that they, they didn't, that didn't Drogic sign Drogic because kid didn't like his defense. So. And that's a that's a perfectly reasonable response. Yeah. I don't but, like it, but I, I that, that's a rational reason. Then why do you and sign Campazzo? Then you go sign Campazzo, who might be a willing defender. Like, he is, without question, a more willing defender and a better defender than Drogic. But he is also six inches shorter. And, and if you don't think six inches matter, folks, you're being lied to is what I'm going to say. Um, and it just sort of has, has been a bit of a, a challenge for me to accept this because not this signing, but just kind of the process because it, this is, has been going on for much longer than the current front office where we're just kind of told to wait and see, Oh, it'll be fine. Yada, yada. And I, I find myself sort of big picture concerned about the Dallas Mavericks depth and this this doesn't do anything to assuage it. And when I hear people talking about 
you know, I had, a, I had a conversation today, which goes up with our friend Bobby or going up tomorrow with our friend Bobby Corrala. And, and he said, I just feel like this team is deeper. And I just I don't know if I agree. I think they sort of rearranged pieces um, and, and it's hard to win. The Mavericks are in a difficult spot because they just have elements of talent dearth compared to other teams. I mean, as of right now, this team has Theo Penson, which is essentially a cheerleading spot. He cannot play NBA basketball in reasonable minutes, as far as I understand it. Frank Nilakina, a project of projects, who has played 23 preseason minutes, was supposed to get backup point guard minutes and has zero assists and four turnovers. Josh Green, a player who we are all having high hopes for, but this signing sort of dash to me, it sort of dashes elements of what he was supposed to bring to the table where we're going to see him get to handle the rock. And they, this signing basically craps all over that. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe I'm just sort of missing the point here. Like I'm not mad. I, I just feel like this walks back elements of what we understood the plan to be. Yeah. And like, like, (laughs) You don't sign this, like I said, if you do this in June or July, that's part of the, like, you don't do the signing weeks before the season starts. I mean, we're what, two weeks from, yep. from the season no, they, starting? They, like, they, no, they, they play a week from today. Yeah. Oh, a week from today. Like, you yeah. don't. Welcome to the season, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, I'm just saying, like, you don't bring this guy in unless something that you thought was going to go right didn't go right for you. And it's clear that what didn't go right was they didn't see enough from either Nilakina or Green or both in terms of being able to handle some some point guard. dude. I mean, that's got to be it. I mean, if those guys were doing what the Mavericks said that they hoped that they could in, you know, when they were talking about it in August and September – then this signing doesn't happen, right? Well, so, well, so you're being kind. You are using the word hope. That's the incorrect term. We were told that this is what would happen. Okay. Mark Cuban said it on Dalton Triggs podcast. Nico Harrison said it today. So a, a large part of what happens, and we've seen this with Cowboys and every sports team, is a team has to have a bit of a unified message. They are quite reasonably banking on the fact that no one is going to care about this. And, Maybe no one should. Maybe it's just me and you doing the thing we tend to do, which is read too much into it and worry too much. I will just simply note that when the Mavericks get to the playoffs this year and they're going to get to the playoffs, there's going to come a time and place where we look at the, where we look at the eight to nine guys who need to play. And then we look at the eight to nine guys who they're matching up with and the other team. And we're going to say the same thing we've said for three years. The Mavericks need more. Yep. And that's the big picture thing that, again, your ninth, tenth, third string, you know, third guard on the depth chart point guard isn't, you know, he's not not his fault. Yeah. He's not the the bearer of this. It's just, again, the tiny paper cuts that they seem to endure that just eventually adds up into something that is – undesirable but knowing how things work and like i said i'm, I'm they, trying they, not they make it work every year yeah like i mean i bet you kim pazzo has a great like would not shock me if he has a great year because that's just kind of how things go and it feels like the players that i think they bring in that are going to perform really well seem to, like i was really big on josh uh uh josh richardson when they brought him in i really liked one do when they signed him i loved um 
James Johnson, you know, I kind of, I even liked Delon Wright uh, when they when they made that signing, and, and those guys don't turn out, but then you know the other other guys will, you know. So it's just knowing my luck. Uh, usually, how I feel, it feels like the opposite happens. I've been on a kind of a cold streak with that. So I don't know. Maybe Compazzo is is a revelation. Who knows? I mean, the Mavericks seem to. Uh, Make lemon, you know, make lemonade yep. out of lemons regularly. So, so we'll see what happens. But again, the process, even if Composo does work out, you know, the process is frustrating because again, we were, I mean, in July, we were like, okay, you lost Brunson. Let's stop talking about that. What are you going to do to to do your best that you can to replace him? You've got a mid level exception, and you've got a first round pick that you can trade. Well, they traded it for Wood, and they used, they used those two resources that they had, which were really the only resources they had this summer, and they got two centers. And, you know, that's fine. You know, I think those two players are going to be really productive and helpful. I'm so excited to see what Wood can do. And I know JaVale McGee kind of has a, a baseline of, of of productiveness in a in a minute's range. But, again, it's just like we're like, where's the, you know, so, how, are the, how are you going to replace this? And we got told we got told that it's not a big deal. The Mavericks said it's not a big deal. And then we're here and they're signing, you know, presumably a, a backup point guard a week before the season starts. And then it's like, so, you know, were we right back then? And when you guys got mad at us for saying we need, they need to address uh, their guard depth. And it's just, that's the part sure. that's frustrating, but that's the part that's like inside bait. Like that, no yeah, one remembers no one that. No, no one, one will cares. remember that by yeah. Christmas. It's only no. stuff that us crazy weirdos remember. So that's right. And yeah. and sort of I've been thinking about like what is like the ideal outcome in this for me is that Josh or Frank comes out and really captures those minutes and says, These are mine. And Campazo sits on the bench. Okay. That's the ideal outcome. The second ideal outcome in this process, and probably with the Mavericks, and let's just like theory this out a little bit. Maybe the Mavericks still give those two players opportunities for 20 games. And then if it doesn't work, you bring in Compazzo, who at that point would have signed with someone else. Like he's not sitting on the market for three months. He had offers. Well, I don't know about offers, but he was apparently engaged with two other European teams, including Real Madrid. And it's, you know, if, if you feel like he's one of the best options available for you on the table, the only other option that I could think of was Eric Bledsoe, but I don't know if the Mavericks will ever do business with clutch ever again. Um, and so it's just, it's sort of out there. So maybe, maybe there's like a, a backup to a backup plan that that's going on here. I just, I don't yeah. want like, like as for, you know, you kind of know what Composo gives you. If he's going to come in and run the offense, that is what it is. But I just, I still want to see them try the plan that they told us was the plan. Yeah. Because at the very least there's up, like there's theoretical upside there. Cause Frank is what? 24, 25. Um, uh, he's young enough. Yeah. 24. And, I then, say. and you know, Josh is what? 21. So yeah. It's like you'd rather see them try and fail with those than try and fail with a you know thirty year old veteran who's kind of shown what he can do in the NBA. I know he's only been there two seasons, but I mean he's you know he played one hundred thirty game twenty minutes per game and one hundred thirty games is is a decent amount of uh, tape for someone who played had a lot of uh, professional experience before coming to the NBA. So there's kind of a like we know what Composo is going to do, even good or bad. And there's you know you always want to go for the upside play and you know maybe they like you said maybe they still do try that because i mean is Composo going to be up to speed in a week or are they gonna is he gonna play in you know because they still haven't signed him yet technically like he doesn't you know they don't get to do he doesn't get to go through practice and all that stuff until we see the 
the press release gets sent out from the Mavericks that indicates that he's for sure right. If, if that's the so. case, we're just gonna have egg on our face, and I'm gonna look like an idiot because I'm the one oh. who published it. I'm the editor. But oh it's no, 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 it's... no! I'm not trying to say like it won't get done. I'm just saying, is it gonna get done fast enough for him to? You know, there's a week till the season starts. Is he gonna be have enough practices? Is he gonna mm. get into the final right. practicing game? Like that's what I mean. Like if it if this takes another day or two to to sign, the longer it takes to get pen to paper, the the oh, more unlikely point. it is he starts the season playing twenty minutes. To the bench. That's true. No, that's a good point. They might have to rely on Josh and Frank for the first week as they get composite up to speed. Yeah. Well. so just for full clarification i probably should have led the show with this neither you nor i feel that well which is why i sound terrible and you are are a little bit slow to respond because we keep like pressing the cough button (laughs) i'm like three Um, octaves lower than normal right and 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 so you know we're both trying to get well for an event we're going to tomorrow with ben and scan out there in uh salina uh, he's they're doing they invited mm-hmm. us to to participate in something going on with their live show which is really fun and very kind of them uh like i said i'm gonna be posting a show with bobby corrala tomorrow afternoon which will be fun i i'm trying to keep up on the on the Moneyball minute but honestly i was just so sick this morning i couldn't even record and i'm probably gonna feel just as nasty tomorrow morning but we have a ton of stuff at mavs Moneyball. i told josh you know we josh didn't this is how you can tell we're all in preseason. Like uh, we do like post counts. We sort of have to do that. It's contractual. Like this is, you know, a, a very lightly compensated hobby that we all do here at Mavs Moneyball because we love the team. Um, but we're just posting tons of stuff. Like we have a lot of writers who are very interested and and you're getting between four and six things a day. Um, and they're real things people that have worked on. They're not necessarily like 20 minute news bites or I'm sorry, like 20 word news bites where or an update or an update of an update, which tends to happen. Like yesterday, Matthew Phillips wrote a hilariously good and weird and specific 41 facts to know before the Dallas Mavericks season column that I, I would, if I could, I would just read it on air. We have a couple of different um, posts about what our kind of SB Nation peers think about the Mavericks that are really fun. Behind enemy lines is what they're called. Uh, we've been previewing other teams' division, or I'm sorry, other uh, divisions in the West and in the East, just because it's the only time we get to write. You know, there's there's about these other guys. Like it's it's there's just a lot of fun stuff on the site. I'm really delighted by what um, we have. You know, Doyle Raider got an exclusive with Team USA head coach Jim Boylan on the Mavs. Uh, current he did he made cuts today McKinley Wright the fourth um, I, I sort of think he he might get one of the Mavericks two-way deals like they're we haven't even talked about this we didn't cover it on the site just because I didn't know how to but another European paper says that that you know um, Tyler Dorsey's going to get cut uh, and and there's Tyler Dorsey's been nothing short of awful in his games with Dallas and it it if he were to be cut from his two-way deal, it's like an interesting thing. Like why would the Mavericks do it? Oh, probably as an agent favor. Why would also the Mavericks do it? Because they maybe kind of like somebody else that they have on the team right now. Like there's, there's just a lot of interesting baseball weed stuff going on and we're trying our best to cover it over at Mavs Moneyball. So I, I hope you have time to give it a listen. Yeah. Josh, you, the, do you have anything else? No, I'm just going to say probably the most comprehensive coverage we've had leading up to the season since you and I have, have been here. And last year um, we did great. I love yeah, the stuff yeah. we did last year. Just more. Yeah. Um, and the really fun part will be, and you know, you guys who have followed us for a while is to see if we can do this without dying. Um, Cause like we all do this in addition to like our, our regular lives and jobs and, I'm a lunatic and no one else is. And it's like, how do I, how do we uh, squeeze, you know, and, and still have fun with this? I don't know, I'm having a lot of fun. This is this, you know, Bobby and I talked today 
a little bit about how like the 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 ride to the top in terms of expectations is where we're here now. We're at the the high level of expectations, and yeah. what can we do while covering the team to still make it fun without delving into what I refer to as like the Philadelphia 76ers, like fan abyss of darkness where you, you never have fun with anything and you just bitch about the team. I don't want to do that. No. Well, as I, as I had a podcast yeah. where I bitched a lot, you know, yeah. perfect me. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. So, all right. Well, this has been fun. Um, you yeah. and I will probably be back on Friday night. And if we don't, we might have something going Friday night. So we'll see, but we're, we'll get <laughs> stuff up on the site and you know what, we've got a week till the game. So everybody kind of enjoy your, your final days without uh, a basketball grind because it starts in earnest very soon. Um, yep. This has been Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow of Mavs Moneyball after dark uh, rate and subscribe and all that good stuff. We really appreciate your time and hope you have a good Thursday and Friday.